0: What's your favorite greatest movie of all time? Today on the show,
1: Scream. It's the greatest movie podcast. It's the greatest movie podcast. It's the greatest movie podcast. It's the greatest movie Come on and me now. the greatest movie
0: podcast. Come on and Welcome everyone to the greatest movie of all time podcast, the show in which I, your co-host, Rick, the Scream Queen Barrasso,
1: And I, the big scream the, 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 the big scream boski. Just take a word and
0: put Boski on the end of it, Derek. You, you Listen to right this every week.
1: At least I have a nickname. I have many nicknames. Mm-hmm. So, this, I'm, so the, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Derek. I was going to reiterate it. I was going to just like you know the the big screen Bosky wreck. There you go.
0: Great job. So this is the show where we watch every single movie ever made, and we're going to help figure out which is the greatest of them all. And today on the show we have a returning guest, my brother Anthony Barrasso. Anthony, do you have a nickname prepared?
1: Uh, the Excellence
0: of gesticulation. Ooh.
1: Ooh. that, that might, That's an A-plus A plus nickname. Thanks.
0: And I've been thinking about it, Derek. You could have been the heartbreck kid.
1: Oh, oh man. Oh. It's Seeing as how Shawn Michaels is my favorite wrestler of all time, it would have been perfect. Yeah. See? Missed Opportunities. That's that's my nickname. Missed Opportunities. Breck. <laughs> we're,
0: we're all discovering things about each other's nicknames today. But we are... Like you said, we're the show. We're going to watch every single movie ever made. And we're going to help figure out which is the greatest in the mall. This week, we're picking up that phone, scream. But let's take care of some business first. Last week, we talked about The Shining. Great episode. Check it out or check any of our episodes out on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, whatever app you use. Subscribe, review if you can. It's extremely helpful for the show. And if you enjoyed what you heard, or if you have anything else you want us to cover, let us know on social media. We're the Greatest Movie of All Time podcast on Facebook. We're at Great Movie Cast on Twitter. We're at Rick and Rec on Instagram. And you can always shoot us an email at greatestmoviepod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And as our old friend who we may have accidentally uh, implicated in a murder and put in jail, Bruce Wayne would say, tell your friends about us but now scream scream is a 1996 slasher movie with tongue firmly pressed in cheek directed by the late great Wes craven it stars nev campbell as sydney courtney cox as gail former wcw world champion david arquette as deputy dewey matthew lillard as Stu, drew barrymore as casey skeet ulrich as billy and jamie kennedy as randy skeet skeet I don't know if Skeet's his actual name. So should, I mean, we had Scatman last week and we had Skeet this week. (laughs) So it made $173 million on a $15 million budget. It's got a 7.3 on IMDb, 79% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 65% on Metacritic. Ebert says three out of four stars. I like the in-jokes and self-aware characters. At the same time, I was aware of the incredible level of gore in this film. Which, uh, hey... He's he's
1: so translucent.
0: Maybe I'm so desensitized to gore in movies and TV at this point, but like nothing even fazed me. But hey, you know, it was the 90s. Uh, Bruce Westbrook of the Houston Chronicle says, Whatever you do, don't close your mind to such an inventive concoction. One last time, despite your better instincts, go ahead and open that theater door. For a negative one, John Hartle from the Seattle Times says... The picture is so full of cross references, self mockery, and movies within movies, including a stocking that's recorded on video, that it can't help turning into a precious two-hour in-joke. So, Wait, was that, a, that? was a negative. That review? was a negative review. It seemed to say a lot of the same things that the positive reviews said. Yeah, but I think the tone was, uh, "Oh, you precious nerds and your movie jokes."
1: Yeah, cool. that's
0: kind of how I read that.
1: Mm. So. I mean, there may have been a little bit too much of that in the movie, but it's not really a bother.
0: Anthony, when I sent you the list of movies we were doing in the upcoming months, you picked this one pretty quickly. Why screen? Yeah, uh, I love it. I first saw it when I was probably middle school age, 12 or 13. And when I was younger, I didn't really watch a lot of scary movies because they were just too scary. And then when I was in grad school, more into my adulthood, I gained more of an appreciation for scary movies uh, and especially slasher movies. I love a, uh, there's something so simple and fun about slashers, just big scary man stalks and kills people. Um, and after I had watched a bunch of slashers and then rewatched scream in adulthood, I really appreciated uh, how much it, it took from, from everything and, how much of it, like the fun spin it kind of put on this genre. So I think it's, on. I honestly think it's like, it's probably, if not my favorite, second favorite scary movie, horror movie of all time. Well, we'll learn in a few months where they're not the Lion King level. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, do you guys remember, Anthony, Maybe a couple of years too young, like the fucking mania when this movie came out and like how everyone was talking about this movie, yeah, yeah. of course. I, I was I was gonna talk about this in my uh, miscellaneous, but the 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 Ghostface mask, I think in 1996 or whenever this came out, was terrifying. It yeah. just, it's yeah. it's been so it's been everywhere forever now. Yeah, uh, like everyone dressed up as Ghostface for Halloween. Like there there would be like thirty of them every year. Yeah, there's. I've seen at least five every year since fucking 1996. It's. Mm -hmm. Would I would go
1: ahead and say that in 1997, at the very least, I think a majority of the country either had a scream mask in their closet or a mighty ducks jacket. Yeah, those are like the two items I feel like that, or Charlotte Hornets. (laughs) I feel like everybody had one of those three things. Hornets
0: starter jacket. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah, the, the, I mean, Derek, do you remember first seeing this?
1: I can't really pinpoint the first time I saw it. I, 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 it was a little hazy, but I remember liking it and thinking it was really scary as a kid. And um, it's funny, I didn't really realize how funny it was until I got older. This actually, this last watch I did, I was like, wait a minute, this isn't like a horror movie. This is like half and half. Like a lot of this movie is funny and it's meant to be that way. And so now thinking about the movie, Scary Movie, I'm like, they really made it funny, but scream is still kind of funny too. Like there's a lot of funny, like quirky things in it, but I remember liking it immediately. Again, not a huge slasher fan just because for me, when it comes to horror, I'm usually looking for a little bit more, some sort of psychological thing that can make me horrified while I'm sleeping or trying to sleep. Um, for me, sometimes a guy with a knife isn't enough for me to be like really panicky, uh, in real life, but psychological things make me worse. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I think I've seen this movie maybe six or seven times since it came out. But this time, really, I was like, you know what? This is a lot of fun. That was the big word I got out of it.
0: Yeah, I think I was, uh, I mean, I didn't see it in theaters. It's too young for that. But I, I definitely, by the time the VHS came out, it was definitely a blockbuster rental mm-hmm. uh, at some point. So we'll talk about what we like about it in more detail. But first... Let's uh, talk about what happens in the movie. So Derek, do you have a a song picked out to tie me out here?
1: I do. And for those uh, listening, I would like for you to also check out the songs that I'm picking just so you can make it more fun. I'm starting to not choose songs that have anything to do with the movie because that's just, I don't know, it's just obvious. Uh, So I picked a random song that I really like, and I think people should listen to it just so I can expose people to new music. Uh, So that's what I'm doing. This song I picked is called Don't Let's Start by They Might Be Giants.
0: All right. you, uh, Derek, count me down.
1: Three, two, one, go.
0: There have been a series of murders committed by a man in a mask, and it may be connected to the murder of Maureen Prescott a year earlier. Sydney, Maureen's daughter, is at the center of these killings, and the identity of the murderer might be anyone in her inner circle of close friends, deputy dewey the young cop in town and perhaps gail the reporter who believes sydney i the wrong man in their mother's murder as the teenage suspects are getting picked off one by one the characters in the movie begin following a set of rules for slash movies laid up by a video store called randy in the end it turns out this, this killer's plural billy sydney's boyfriend and probably closeted friend Stu, who is easily dispatched by sydney uh sydney randy gail and dewey survive the killers and Time. Billy.
1: you suck
0: well, I, I do got love to that you. I do love that you dedicated some of that time to point out that Stu is in fact gay for Billy.
1: Yes. Oh, um, absolutely. That's I a, didn't. That's I, just... I, I, I didn't get one inkling of that. Kind of like in the movie It, when there was no nothing having to do with homosexuality whatsoever in the first film, and they just shoved it in the second film. I just had to throw that in there, Anthony. Um, <laughs> um, he didn't fucking I, rate
0: it. Chapter two.
1: L- listen, listen. Well, I'm just saying that, like. I didn't get any inkling of that whatsoever. You guys actually okay. got that? Stu had something Absolutely. for Billy? Like, what?
0: So when they reveal themselves and come out as killers, the- <laughs> Stu drapes his arms around Billy immediately. And then they penetrate each other with knives.
1: Okay. Uh, okay. Think- those are the- that's. – I'm sorry. Go ahead, Anthony. No,
0: I was going to say the uh, what's the actor's name Matthew Lillard, Lillard like, just yeah. recently tweeted like yes can confirm Stu was a hundred percent gay really <laughs> like like they they ran off into the sunset together like they all they both survived yeah no it's it's de- it's definitely a thing on, on the internet anyway
1: because because put because because draping your arms around your good friend means gay that's that's number way, one in the way that they did it I don't know I didn't a, I, it means a
0: physical familiarity. maybe i think Stu was for sure in love with billy i don't know how billy felt about billy felt nothing about anybody i because how else do you just convince your friend to like help you do this crazy murder
1: yeah i mean Stu seems a little unhinged anyway but i could see that hey we do crazy things for love yeah (laughs) all right our point taken
0: yeah i needed that was important that was an important part of the movie i think people need to realize
1: okay but penetrating each other with knives i i don't know i don't don't, don't...
0: you have to that's the point of these like these rules is everything in these movies represents something else like the final girl the virgin that represents an archetype the long hard phallic weapon represents a penis that's why it's always a final girl who is a virgin who escapes mm-hmm. this is what this is all right all right i would love to see if west craven ever like spoke on this like later on when you know i don't know if he's ever yeah no i'm not i'm not sure him. if he was ever asked specifically that but it or kevin williamson i guess the right.
1: yeah i mean I, I would i would say that if you're willing to have your really pretty girlfriend rose mcgowan get killed maybe, maybe you are gay i don't know
0: I mean, Rose McGowan has her own problems. Uh, okay, but not
1: in the, the the movie Scream. She is stunning, and I don't believe Stu and Tatum are a couple. Like that's the one thing I don't believe is like yeah, he's, he's too not fucking. To her. He's too he's too goofy for her or something. I can't explain it. I believe that Tatum's a
0: beard for Stu, who is
1: pretending to be straight. I mean, all right.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, that's yeah. That's why they have the thing where they couldn't keep this. just Oh no, I dated her. I dumped her. I mean, you know, no, no, I thought she dumped you. No, that's their game. Because but, okay, yeah, but then okay, yeah, but
1: then. I mean, again, this was improvised, but Stu was like, I always had a thing for you, Sid. I mean, that's not gay.
0: I mean, he was lying. He was trying to kill her. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> oh,
1: big lie. Big lie. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it.
0: <laughs> yeah. They couldn't keep their story straight at the beginning. That's why there's that uh, miscommunication. And yeah, they, it's, I'm I'm interested to see the uh, the story from their perspective, but. Oh, yeah. Like a Rosencrantz and Gildenstern yes. scream. Stu and, well, Stu and Tatum are dead.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, All right. Yeah. Them sitting around trying to figure out who's going to kill who.
0: You know know how I I always wanted to die? In a doggy door. I think I can make that happen. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about our top three favorite scenes in the movie. Anthony, what do you have for your number three? Uh, My number three is uh, when Randy is on the couch and the ghost face is is stalking behind him. And they're cutting back to, to that and then them watching it in the van. And just in general, that mechanic of yeah. that, like, tape delay is so smart and so fun. Um, yeah, and but- I think that, that will, like, highlights it the best. And then the poor cameraman just ends up dead from that. Uh, yeah, so that whole, that sequence. Do you think that the joke of of Randy calling out to his own, like, the actor's first name was written into the script or they realized their happy accident that Jamie Kennedy could be like Jamie he's right behind you. I don't know cuz IMDb
1: around, yeah. yeah, IMDb trivia says this is funny but they don't say whether it was like meant for that to happen or not.
0: Yeah. Do you think do you think they came across them in the casting shoot they're like holy shit. You won't believe this. Or they were <laughs> yeah. like some like if there's another actor cast that would have been like oh it's, it was like Jamie. But like yeah, like, right, I don't know. Right. Either way, I think they were, like, they knew what they were doing. You know, I don't know if it was oh, so much yeah, of a plan, as it was like, a, this is great, but yeah. Find me yeah. the Jamie's in Hollywood.
1: Right, right. <laughs>
0: we're going to make this joke work.
1: Oh or my they, God. do they
0: have, like, a, a list of, like, final girls they could have done, like, actresses? Like, and, and they're like, like, fi- like, find me someone with one of these first names. I Well, yeah, and I think you have to do Halloween for this movie to work the best, because... Yeah. I don't know, a great One movie, thing I noticed doesn't think, so, which gives you an idea of his yeah. just opinion I mean, movies does, in general. Yeah.
1: Um, Well, I will but, say this. It, it, it was a good idea for them to use Halloween because, again, Halloween is like the first of yeah. a genre. So it makes sense that they do that. The, I, mean, I mean, there's like at least 15 callbacks to Halloween during this movie. It's like so embedded into the movie. But I was OK with it. I was fine with it.
0: For me, I think like slasher movies are like psycho and then Halloween, and then like a million movies that are Halloween, and then Scream that was like, hey, all of these movies since Halloween have done this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's a different take on it. And I, yes. th- like if you're only gonna watch three slasher movies in your whole life, I think those are the three psycho, Halloween, Scream. Yeah, and then Cabin in the Woods. And that's the end of Slasher movies. <laughs> I well, I would put, yeah, I yeah, it's it's that's a little different. But, that's a, uh, that's a thematic end to like this is what these things have been. That's almost every horror movie. Cabin in the Woods is more, not as specific to slashers. I think it's sort of Scream for everything.
1: Well, it it
0: also is kind of like, it codifies like, why are there these, like, it is kind of a spiritual, like, I bet when that movie was pitched, it was like, what if we took what Scream did to like the The next next level? level, Yeah. And that's kind of what Cabin in the Woods ends up being. Yep. So Derek, what's your number three scene?
1: My number three scene uh, would have to be, I think, the most gruesome death in the entire movie, and that is when Tatum gets stuck in the garage door. I remember first seeing that, and I couldn't get it out of my head for a while of just, like, how scary that could be. Because, like, you don't need a killer to follow you for that to happen to you. You could just make a mistake in the garage and get killed. Uh, so it's terrifying in its own way. But, um Watching it again this time around, I was like, oh, God. And I kept, of course, the movie, scary movie could come back into my head when like the really overweight girl was trying to do it and get through the hole. And I was like, ah, that scene ruined it for me because it's so goofy now. But it is really, it is really weird. And then to to figure out, like, if if you put the math together, you're like, wait a minute. Billy would have to be the one who was the one who tried to kill her in the garage. It wasn't Stu, it was Billy. Yeah, this
0: movie like like, hits you in the face. Excuse me. This movie like hits you in the face with like once you know who the killers are being like oh well it could have been nobody else
1: right right and and i think that i was trying to think of like how like Stu again was like peer pressure i I don't know what i'm doing and that that's the one trying to figure out who's killing who i could feel like Stu was like you know what billy you kill her because i can't do it like you know i just can picture that scene in my head but it is really gruesome and it's very very memorable so that's my bronze
0: all right. Yeah. My bronze goes to the explanation of the rules of the slasher movie, because, you know, it's kind of a fun little scene now, you know, 25 years later. But at the time, it's like nobody else had really called attention to this formula, at least in a movie like nobody was like, that's why You a know, big part of why this movie was such a huge cultural phenomenon is that it was the first time that it it was almost like Randy. I feel like it's like, what if we took the guy from clerks and like, he's a character in this movie, you know, like it's the slasher movie and the American indie uh, of the nineties. And, you know, these like teen dramas that dominated television all combined in this one weird piece of art. And it was like, like the core of it is that scene. And it's just—it's also very funny with everyone being like, "Oh, no sex, boo! No drugs," and they like, you know, raise their beers. This is a great scene. Yeah, we can keep it going. That's my silver. Uh, I I love that um, they they're cutting back between that and Sydney and Billy having sex, um, and I think the the overall kind of message from that is oh you, oh you have to be a virgin that's the only way you can survive virginity is is good according to horror movies and then to have sydney have sex but still be the final girl i think is really important for the genre as a whole um and yeah like he's just so just so fun on in the living room setting that up and cutting back to the much more serious scene uh, yeah. of, of sydney and billy having sex and they even they even had to go back to like uh, to randy being like i never thought i'd be ha- so happy to be a virgin and it was like just so like somebody can follow the rule
1: right well, I, I do like you know from from the breaking of the rules with the sex scene and then like even sydney like for a few minutes becoming the killer like she has the voice and she's haunting she's hunting the two killers now mm-hmm. i thought that was really clever too so that that whole thing uh breaking breaking of the rules is really cool in this movie yeah
0: so derek what's your uh what's your two
1: my number 2 actually is the opening scene. I think it was just, it's just so unbelievably iconic when I think of like openings to horror movies. Um and it, it's crazy how, you know, Drew Barrymore was supposed to be Sydney, they offered her the role and she's like, "You know what? She decided she was like, what if I play the girl in the beginning, I get killed off and it's going to shock everybody." Um it's going to be memorable, it's going to be really good. And I think it was just a really good choice all, all around. And the tone of the scene just gets darker and darker as it goes she's so naive at first and who is this and then it slowly gets darker and and then even if you're watching it for the first time you probably don't even you're probably like how is the killer doing this is is you know how is he at the back door the front door how is this and then later on in the movie you're like there's two killers that makes sense you go back and you refer to the opening scene and you're like now it makes sense to me that there's two killers um, but I didn't, I, I honestly, when I was thinking of the movie before putting it on, I was like, oh yeah, she gets stabbed. And that's the beginning of the movie. I forgot that her boyfriend gets fucking gutted. And then she's hung from a tree. I did not remember that. And I was like, whoa, like, this started off with a bang. And when we do a recasting later, I was also thinking about an actress to play Casey. I'm like, this actress has to be memorable that people know. So that way it has more of an effect in the movie. Cause I think people knew who drew Barrymore was. This was her comeback movie, but people knew her. They were like, Oh yeah. ET like all, oh, you know, they knew her. So the fact that she died so quickly, it was like, okay, that's how you start a movie. It is unpredictable now. So that is my silver.
0: My number two, uh, favorite scene goes to actually the, um, the ending of the movie. Basically everything after the killer's identities are revealed. And that is really just because the performances of the uh, the, the two villains, uh, Ski Dalric and Matthew Lillard, are just so unhinged and incredible. <laughs> and it was just like, they just let everything fucking fly in that scene.
1: Yeah. And it
0: was hilarious. Yes. But also it's like a very bloody scene and yeah, Sydney gets great moments, and all the like surviving characters great, get great moments. It's just a, it's a great sequence. Yep. Yeah, it, it just missed my top three. Uh, my number one is the opening scene. I I think I I, 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 I I was tempted. I love this movie, and I was tempted to make this my top three scenes. I think it's so good. It's so fun to to kick that movie off with that. People go into we're going into this movie thinking. Drew Barrymore is the main character of the movie. She was mm-hmm. on the poster yeah. and they're like, oh, this is a movie starring Drew Barrymore who is a legitimate star. Uh, and then they kill her right away. And this, and and even watching it now, having seen the movie a hundred times, I'm like, oh, she might like get away. Like they yeah. like, <laughs> I think they honestly make you believe like she's going to escape this some, somehow. Uh, they also, it's, it does a such, good, a such a good job of establishing the tone of the movie as well. With the killer acknowledging other horror movies and being like, "Oh, this is going to be different than other slashers," yep. and also the like the, the the way that Ghostface moves in the scene and he's like crashing through walls and he's kind of sloppy and falling over is so unlike any other slasher before. He seems much more human yep. than Michael Myers or yeah. Jason or something like that. Uh, so yeah, I, I love, it. I think it's so good. And I, I am, um, yeah, I think it's, it's, I think it's a, maybe the best scene in, in any horror movie of all time. I think it's so entertaining and so fun.
1: And one of the moments that I, that I, I had forgotten to mention as well is that I, I love the scene where she's like, her parents get home and she's trying to yell out to them, but her voice can't do it because she's been stabbed. And it's just like, oh, if she only could just raise her voice a little, things would have been different. It's like, mm-hmm. it really puts you at the end of your, at the edge of your seat, this whole scene. So it does what it does really well. Yeah.
0: No, I'm gonna I'll just keep going with mine because my number one is the opening as well. It's I mean, among the most famous scenes in movies at this point, horror or otherwise. You know, when you say what's your favorite scary movie, you know, in that voice, everyone knows what you're talking about. And we're now still getting sequels. 25 years in and and
1: and i think movies have actually been influenced by scream like i think saw like i want to play a game is very similar to that so i think they may have gotten influenced from scream so that's really cool all right
0: so derek what's your number one
1: my number one's the final sequence. I think, as both of you know, and people who listen, I like wackiness. That's just my thing. The music I listen to is pretty wacky. Um, you know, movies I like. Usually, my favorite scenes are the craziness, and the ending is so crazy. And I have to give it to Matthew Lillard because a lot of what he did was improv, and a lot of his lines were like had me belly laughing. Like watching that scene, there's blood all over the place. Billy accidentally hits him in the head with the phone, and that was like an, a scene that wasn't supposed to happen. And Matthew Lillard's you know improvisation is like you hear the. Phone dick, like all that stuff. And then you know, he's in the phone, he's like, Did you really call the police? And she's like, Yeah, I did. And he's like, My mom and dad are gonna be so upset with me. And I was like on my knees laughing at like this is supposed to be this big epic ending, and like stew's like unraveling so quickly. Um, and I'm getting a little woozy here. It's such a famous, like funny line. Um, I just that, it's that-
0: that scene is funnier than the parody scene in scary movie I agreed a hundred percent
1: i i think so too like it's just um, it's just so well done a mix a mix of horror and comedy I mean it's very difficult to do but they did it so well and uh, even when you know the way that the way that Stu dies like he gets a TV it falls in his head like it's so it's just uh, very inventive like they just really thought this stuff through um, and, the, and the, the dad's crashing through he still has the the tape in his face Randy's still alive somehow like I'll, I'll get to that later believe me but um, the whole sequence is so amazing actually. Gia for the last three days. I hear her on the other side of the couch on YouTube, just watching that scene again and laughing because it's so good. So we just keep watching that last scene and just laughing at it. So I think it's um I think it's pretty brilliant.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that that Stu death uh, call is it a callback to was it Nightmare on Elm Street three with the TV death? Someone gets their head smashed. Yeah, where Freddie comes. I'm sure it was. Yeah. Uh, I I I will say I think my favorite callback is when. Ghostface pushes Sydney off the balcony, and they do the reverse end of Halloween, where she looks up at the balcony, he's gone.
1: Mm-hmm. I was like,
0: it's like, oh, that's very, right. Uh, you know, having yeah, watched Halloween that. so recently, it's like, oh, that really like, connected for me. Yep. So those are our favorite parts of the movie. Let's talk about our least favorite things about it. Uh, Anthony, what do you get? What's your least favorite part about this? Yeah, no, I didn't really have much. I, I kind of already mentioned i think watching it now it's it's lost a little step in its scariness because like that ghost face mask is so ubiquitous now yeah. um but yeah no i i love every bit of this movie i really i i uh I, I mean the cast is like super super white which you could make yeah. that that's a big complaint about probably every movie made before <laughs> sure, but i think that it kind of has to be for this movie because I, of what it's I, I, Parodying well, Scream two, to, uh, Scream, Scream two
1: changed a little bit, right? Yeah. Scream Two would change up a bit, yeah.
0: Scream Two calls it out, yeah. Know? Okay, like it's very much like the black characters, like oh, why is the black character the end of the off Yeah, I bad. and I, I, seen, I during my recasting, I, I came to the same conclusion. It's like, well, it sort of makes sense that this character is white because they are yeah. like an archetype of something. The only the only character that I like, and I, I ended up, I mean, we'll get to it. Like, I would consider changing the rate, like major characters, maybe Gale but like everyone else has to be a white teenager in their twenties. Like they are, yeah. you know, and I, yes, a white teenager in their twenties. I did not misspeak. That's basically the best way to describe the actors and <laughs>
1: Yeah, Right. Right.
0: So uh, mine was kind of similar to my, my least favorite part about Halloween, which again is, as you mentioned, Anthony is like another, you know, bookmark in slashers and in horror movies this movie is such a victim of its own success where it set the trend in such a way that people were like, here's what we want a bunch of different movies exactly like this, Mm -hmm. you know? So we get, I know what you did last summer and urban legend and just name a thousand low budget horror movies that are just trying to ape this and really kind of like shaped what the genre was for a few years. It was like the like the only thing that changed what this is basically is Blair Witch, and it was like bring on the fucking shaky cam, and that was like. But in that three years, they crammed a lot of dead twenty year old teenagers, a lot of dead I, well, teenagers think, in their twenties. And I think a lot of people like didn't get why this movie was so good, and they went on right. It wasn't good because it was a bunch of white teenagers who died. Yeah, it was good because it was so self aware, and then all of those movies that came after it were not. Yeah, it, it's more self-aware. Let's just make it look like Scream, right? Yeah, and yep. uh, yeah, that and uh, Scream Three is terrible. So uh, I haven't seen that one in a while. Yeah, I, I know either. that's 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 the general opinion. Uh, Jay and I, Silas I, when I watched Bob that, I are it. in the movie for a scene. Yeah, for no and. reason. <laughs> I'm, I'm really interested to, to see what the new. I, I I enjoyed Scream Four. I did too. Um, I I'm really interested to see what the one coming out this year is like or next year whenever that comes. Yeah. Out. All right, Derek. What's your uh, what's your least favorite part? Least favorite um,
1: thing? I, well, I got two things. I think I kind of agree with both of you. Like you know, and again for me it's the genre. I think that uh, slasher films tend to be less scary for me as the years progress, and it's I don't think it's it's own fault, but it's just the way it is with me in my mind. Uh, but they're still fun to watch. Um, but I think the big thing that really bothered me was that Stu, uh, I'm sorry, Randy gets shot in the chest and then he's just walking around like nothing happened. Um, You know? Yeah. Shoulder. Yeah. You're right. It's the shoulder, but like, he's getting up and he's not like, it looks like he's like not in pain at all. And I just wish it was a little bit more realistic. Like they did a really good job making things kind of goofy, but still realistic in the movie. Like this could have happened. Um, But then Randy's just walking around. And he's like, yeah, I'm glad I'm not dead. And it's like, you're not holding your chest. I don't know. Maybe just give it a little effort. I don't know if that's what they were going for to make it really goofy. Like, he's not even harmed. But that just really bothered me as somebody who, like, enjoys movies.
0: I, I think that's another play on, like, you see that in, yeah. in in Slashers a lot. Like, the main character takes a hit from a knife and they're, you know, they, like, kind of no-sell it or half-sell it. And
1: right. they can still, like, be the hero at the end. He I, can't I, die I think-
0: because he's a virgin. That makes him invincible yeah. in this movie.
1: Right, right. I, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. it. It makes sense to me now, but like, you know, it's just like hold your, hold the bullet wound or something while you're saying your line. I don't know, but that's just a little thing.
0: So let's go to medals. Anthony, who is your bronze? So honorable mention to, to Matthew Lillard. Uh, I think he's, he's really great, especially in that end scene, but I already shared my bronze with Skeet Ulrich and Nev Campbell. Um, I think they do a great job. I think they play off of each other really well. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they just do exactly what was asked of them. In like Skeet Ulrich is is a just a, Billy is so such like skeevy bad boy who like girls will fall for, and uh, that like it's so easy to just turn that that guy into a psychopathic killer. Uh, and I, I think he yeah. just plays it really well the whole movie. And I think Nev Campbell is a perfect final girl or like twist on final girl. They do a great job. Yeah. Derek, you for bronze? bronze.
1: Uh, actually funny. Honorable mention for me is Ski Ulrich. Um, hmm. I think he's fantastic. I wanted to squeeze him in here so bad. Everything you said completely on point. Um, but my bronze goes to Kevin Williamson, who is the writer uh the screenplay and i just think um it's very inventive it's very exciting the callbacks are great even though usually i'm kind of like not on board with that i like movies to be original it was very original but it was also tons of callbacks and for some reason he made it work for me uh for me being as stubborn as i am so i give him credit where credit is due and it didn't bother me so for that fact alone he gets my bronze for doing that for for not making me angry at the script.
0: All right. So my bronze is a uh, it's a tie between former WCW champion David Arquette and Courtney Cox, the future married couple or future from this movie, I guess. Uh, It's like the Dewey basically is one of the most likable horror movie characters. And Gail is probably one of the least likable, even though she is 100 percent justified in almost everything she does, except, you know, spying on a teenager's party. Other than that, (laughs) though, she's like. I don't think Cotton did it, and her theory proves to be one hundred percent correct. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, she's she's not wrong even once.
1: I mean, she's kind of a jerk to a cameraman. Let, let's bring that up. That's fair, but you
0: know what? It's a fast-paced business.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: get on board, camera guy. Wouldn't no for if like yeah. the camera?
1: Only his death was like a lot more gruesome, and then they cut back on it. Yeah. So he has a lot to say about that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, what I just say, I I thought back to the scene when she goes to drive the car and uh the cameraman's on the roof (laughs) he's like oh sorry and she just like twists him off yeah (laughs) he falls off the roof of the car like a bunch of snow when i break (laughs) when i hit the brakes Are
1: we're supposed to believe that like he was killed and then the killer billy or stew puts him on their shoulders and puts him on top of the car
0: i mean stew is get some height he could, you know i get that he has
1: height but the cameraman's a big guy (laughs) I think it was a two man job. I think. Well, no, because Billy
0: there. was still in the house at that point. I don't know if he could. Have, maybe he snuck out the window and stuck back in the window. But that's, that's a lot to do with a knife wound. Because yeah. he had to come back down the stairs to su- surprise Sydney. I, it's a very you know, it's, it's <laughs> like they're like magicians. You know, they're like swip, like flipping and like switching in and out. Right, you know, but again, you know, I think that that is that is what you see in a slasher movie all the time. Is that for some reason that. <laughs> killer is just always seems to be where you don't expect him to be and he, no matter what he's around that next corner uh, so i do think it was it is purposeful that they make it seem that way
1: i think i think even brock Lesnar would have a hard time getting that guy on top of the van like that he can give him an f5 but to put him over his shoulders and then hold him up and bench press him over the van i don't know it just seems It'd crazy more but
0: squat maybe i don't think bench him. that'd be that'd be kind of silly at this point, I think we're just fat shaming. So let's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the three of us have no business doing that. That's so. true. That's true. No, no way. No way. way. Can we, is it my, my <laughs> turn for the silver? Yeah. It is your turn for silver. I went with True Barrymore. I think that that first scene is so, so iconic and uh, it's because of her. Uh, I, I haven't looked into it too much, but I've heard that story before as well, that she was originally cast as, Sydney but her idea was to do it was kind of her idea to do this or she was really excited about doing the scene and how it played out and I, I think her willingness to do that carries this this movie into something that's more of a classic than it would have been uh, without without that scene yeah no great great choice I mean it's you know it kind of it, like a very like unselfish decision but also like the best thing she possibly could have done absolutely because she's a star at this point right and i I, it makes her just so much more likable of a person i I, as like knowing that she thinks on that level i think makes me like her a lot yeah and then she's also like it paid off because now it's like whenever a character is you know when they kill off ned stark they go oh it's like janet lee in psycho or drew barrymore in scream You're not expecting, like, a huge star like that to get killed off. So every time something like that happens, it's like, oh, it's just like Drew Barrymore and Scream.
1: Yep. 100%. (laughs) 100%. Iconic. Yes. Yeah.
0: Derek, is your silver?
1: My silver uh, goes to Wes Craven. And my reasoning behind it is because I've been in several productions, uh, play productions, uh, where... The, uh, the production is, is very much working with the director. The director works with you. You develop everything as it goes along. And that's my favorite part of theater is when the director's not like, here's a script, follow it. Let's do it. Instead, it's, um, it's a big group effort it's like the script is written but it's loose let's fix it let's make it better what ideas do you have you can tell that Wes Craven was like I like that idea I like this idea just from like I read in the trivia Wes Craven was like getting ideas from the actors the actors had funny suggestions uh he went along with it It was like oh that's really funny like he thought Randy was so funny that's why he got the role uh Jamie Kennedy he's like I figured who else was up for it it was like big actors who were up for the role and Jamie Kennedy got it instead
0: Jamie or other named after other (laughs) horror movie actors no it
1: wasn't I figured who they were I have to look it up but I remember one actor and I was like Jamie Kennedy beat out this actor and so Wes Craven was like I like him he's funny he's bringing funniness to the character that I didn't even think about so that's why I think Wes Craven just like a fun director who's like I'm not a strict asshole like let's let's make this together I think that really goes a long way for this movie so he's my silver
0: so my silver actually is Jamie Kennedy and it's because he is you know he gets that iconic scene where he's describing the uh You know, describing the 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 slasher movie rules, and he really kind of like launches his career off of this performance. Like I was, I was thinking of like you know who else could get this spot or get a medal or anything. And it's like without this movie, there is no Jamie Kennedy. What's in like in that in a ma- in a magical yet. world like that? Well, in that well, like weird I- I moment don't... like the early two thousands, <laughs> like yeah, he yeah. was a big star
1: yeah i guess he was i mean i think it's it's arguable that he i mean he he basically tanked his career with the second mask movie but that was very quickly after scream so i don't know how i mean the thing i remember him from the most was and i think this was after that was the romeo and juliet movie when he plays like he's like i forget who he plays in it but i'm like whoa jamie kennedy's in another thing that i've seen but after that i mean jamie kennedy is like he's like uh he's like he's like the fruitopia of acting remember that what thing way is
0: he the fruitopia of
1: because people are like remember fruitopia where the hell did that go jamie kennedy what i oh my god i haven't thought about him in 15 years yeah. that's jamie kennedy yeah
0: you know what I, but he's this is the movie yeah. this movie is the reason why I think of him
1: why he's <laughs> in fruitopia. And I, and
0: I, <laughs> I think he's he's a guy who who made his money and was like cool i i've you know he he, he had his little prank show and yeah i did like had fun doing that with some of his friends and yeah, I think he. His, I think he got the most out of his career that he was ever going to get. He right. ended up. No disrespect. <laughs> I like good, good for him. I, he like- ended up making, like, so he had some. He was in some bad movies after this, yeah. and he made. He got some really bad reviews for it, and then made a movie like a documentary called Heckler, and like if you read the description of the movie, it's like, oh yeah, like comedians like talk about hecklers. And I was like, oh, that'd be kind of interesting. And then it's about 10 minutes of, like, when you think of hecklers, like, people yelling at a stand-up comedian. And then it's like, Jamie Kennedy, let me tell you why critics are exactly like hecklers. And it's like, <laughs> here's an hour and 10 minutes of him being like, this guy was mean to me in a, in a review. This guy was mean to me in a review. This guy was mean to him in a review. And it's just fucking, it's like, after that, I was like, oh, enough of fucking Jamie Kennedy. So That's my Jamie Kennedy story. Anyway, <laughs> Anthony, who's your gold medal winner? Uh, My goal is a tie between Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson, and I think a lot of what what Derek said, uh, I think this is a movie where everyone who was a part of it got it. Everyone got their assignment. I think Kevin Williamson wrote this script and Wes Craven read it, and they were like, we're totally on the same page. They hired a handful of actors who also totally understood the assignment. They all, Everyone brought their own thing to it. They all recognized, like, yeah, this is a huge trope. Let's exploit this and let's do this play on this. And I think it was just all brought together by Wes Craven and Kelly, Kevin Williamson. Um, so, so smart. So good. Uh, I think they just did an excellent job with this. All right, Derek, who do you have for number, uh, who do you have your gold?
1: So my gold is somebody who was just a big surprise and, you know, in the past, I don't know, 10, 11 things we've done on the show, I probably have gone with the director or the writer for number one. I wanted to switch it up this time and just go with an actor. And for me, Matthew Lillard is just such a surprise in this movie. And he's so, I don't know, he just, you could see what he does really well. And I mean, after Scream, what what does Matthew Lillard do? He does Scooby-Doo. That's what he's known for after this. And he's done it for so long that now he's just he's actually the cartoon voice of Shaggy now. Like he like took over that role and like good for him. Like he found what he does really well. And he's like a very goofy, quirky actor, but the end sequence alone, he brings so much to the table. It just, I I can't really really even explain it besides the fact that he brings the comedy element, but, Every time I think of this movie now, I think of his performance at the end and how just outrageous it was. And because of that reason, he just, he just, his name just goes over everybody else's for me. Um, And I'm actually seeking out more movies of his because I've seen a movie called, it was Punk something. I forget what it's called. A Friend Let Me Borrow It. It's about the punk scene and he's fantastic in it. he's the lead actor and he's so good in it. He has like really serious moments where he's emotional, he's crying and it's so heartbreaking and believable. Um, and it's because of scream that I went to go, you know, I I saw this movie and everything, but, um, I don't know. He's just such a big surprise to me in this movie and how good he was. And he's basically an unknown before this movie and it kind of took off for him. So, uh, a little bit anyway, but, um, yeah, he's my gold. Yep. I went with Matthew Lillard. All right. My gold. It's going to go West
0: Craven because with this movie, he basically becomes among the fucking Kings of horror in three straight decades. Like he had had some good stuff in the 90s before this, but nothing like this. You go back to the 70s, he's got Last House on the Left, he's got The Original Hills Have Eyes, both classics of the genre. You know, He becomes a huge horror director. The 80s, of course, he has Nightmare on Elm Street. And then now in the 90s, he's got Scream. And he had made a movie before this, I think it was his movie right before this, that kind of, it's interesting to watch because you kind of see where he's going with Scream, and that movie is uh, New Nightmare. Wes Craven's New Nightmare is the official title of the movie, actually. So, basically, what that movie is, he's looking at these tropes of the genre. Because the sort of the plot of that movie is Freddy Krueger. The Nightmare on Elm Street movies are trap of the spirit of like evil within the character of Freddy Krueger. So he's now that the nightmare movies have ended, the series has ended. The real Freddy Krueger is coming out of the movie and he's going after like the actors in the movie. So he's really already looking at these like archetypes and tropes of the genre. And this is where it all comes together. And he's like, what if I made it funny? And it was like, just hit the right balance and just became. One of the top horror icon directors of all time with this, yeah, not yeah. that he hadn't already. Yeah, New Nightmare is great. I, it's yes. I, really good, um, and I, I think it's Wes... This is the this is the movie that I think Wes Cra- Craven wanted to make, which I love. Yes. I love to see like people just di- like he he established himself and people got out of his way. Uh, yeah. So let's go to recasting.
1: All right, get your so- phones open, everybody.
0: Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, I had Sydney, Billy, Gale, and Dewey because I just I needed to limit myself to four. So, I did, I did,
1: s- I did seven. Yeah, I did uh, Sydney, Billy, Stu, Dewey, Gale, Casey, and Tatum.
0: All right, Anthony. Um, I think I did all the same. I did Sydney, Billy, Gale, Dewey, Stu, Randy, Tatum,
1: and Casey. Okay. So I did Pretty much the whole main cast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The only one I didn't do out of that was Randy. I almost did. And then I was like, I'm okay. tired. <laughs> this is hard.
0: Okay. So Anthony, who do you have for, for Randy? So I have two names that I was trying to decide between. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Maya Hawk for Randy. Okay. Who is the daughter of Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman. She had a role in stranger things. Uh, she was in a, a Netflix slasher that came out recently. She played like the Drew Barrymore role and got killed in the, in the first scene. Um, she's a really great actress. She's the, I think the perfect amount of nerdy to play Randy. Um she if you you've seen if you've seen her or anything she, I think she can really give up that vibe of of uh like she's very um like very sharp and and like knows what's going on. So I can just really picture her delivering those lines about all the rules of the movie and uh identifying that kind of thing. So yeah, Maya Hawk. All right.
1: Speaking of speaking of Maya Hawk, have you seen the new trailer uh uh of her father Ethan Hawk plays the grabber in the horror movie Black Phone. Have you guys seen the trailer for that? No. No. Check it out. Right now it's a horror movie. He's like a really weird messed up dude who like kidnaps some kid. Um it has right now an eight point six on IMDB. Again, only two hundred and twenty four votes. The trailer looks really interesting. it's just it's just really surprising me Ethan Hawk is doing this right now. But check it out. Called um uh what did I just say Black phone. Yeah.
0: Black I phone. I love Ethan Hawk. Big Ethan Hawk fan. Yeah. I loved uh, Sinister with him. Yeah. Uh, he's, so he's done like the horror genre, genre yep. before he's, yeah Ethan Hawk, it almost surprises me that he hasn't it surprises me they haven't sniped him for a Marvel movie yet he mm-hmm. seems like the absolute kind of guy who'd be like the dad in a Marvel movie.
1: I think he stays away from shit like that. Like yeah. I'm pretty sure he's like, he he's sort of like a, uh, what's that guy we, um, the one from almost famous Billy Crudup. Yeah. Like a guy who should have been a star, but is like, I just want to do what I want to do. And I mean,
0: knock is like a star. Like he's, yeah, he's, yeah. He's,
1: he's, he's like a B plus star, you know, like he's, yeah. yeah, he, he almost was like a status, but I think he just shies away from it.
0: He doesn't really do like blockbusters.
1: Right. right? Exactly. Right.
0: So, do you want me to do so? Yeah, what, who, so you guys have other than so other than the four I had, Tatum and Stu, Tatum
1: do you want to do, do you want to do Do you want to do, 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 do a Tatum first? Me and let's anything?
0: go, Tatum. Let's go, Tatum.
1: Sure. All right. Um, so my Tatum is Anna Sophia Robb, and she is I people might not know who she is, but she was uh Violet Beauregard in the new Willy Wonka movie with Johnny Depp. Not that that's new anymore, that's 16 years old, but <laughs> I was trying to find an actress who was uh because I think. I think for me, like Tatum in this movie, like she was like the uh the very pretty girl in the movie. And I wanted to find a girl who was also very pretty, so that way when her death does happen, you're like, Oh my god, I can't believe that wonderfully pretty girl is dead. And I, I also want her to match up with my um my Dewey because Dewey's her brother. So I wanted to make sure I got that right and they looked okay together. And then I want to make sure my stew and her look good together. So we'll get to those later, but she's my choice for Tatum. Okay.
0: Uh, I went with Sydney Sweeney for Tatum. All right. Uh, She is, she's, I think she's perfect for this. Uh, She was just recently in White Lotus, which is a great HBO show. Um, She's on Euphoria. Uh, She's been in a few things, but she's uh, very pretty and also can really easily play that like sarcastic kind of mean girl. So I think her in that, in her death scene where she's like, oh, I'm so scared now. I I really saw her uh, doing
1: that. I think she'd be great in it.
0: All right, so Stu. Let's go, Stu.
1: Uh, my Stu, so st- again, Matthew Lillard is my favorite part of the movie, so I wanted to make sure I did this brawl justice. And I went with somebody who can absolutely knock this role out of the fucking park, and that is Cameron Monaghan. I went through a few different Stus, and I was- I
0: actually thought of him as Billy.
1: Yeah, I just thought that he's like- Because uh, Stu, Stu unravels more than Billy at the end. I mean, they both unravel, but Stu yeah. is just like- Hypersensitive and crazy, and I feel like Cameron Monahan's done that really well. Yeah. I also thought of like Will Poulter, that yeah. kind of actor, but I, I think he's a little bit too old now. I mean, there's different.
0: literally no limit of how hilarious it would be to me that you could cast someone older than their age in this. Like, if you if you cast like a forty year old high school student, I'd be like, that fits with the theming. You
1: yeah. know what? The, the the rule for me is that Stalker Channing was Rizzo in Greece, and she was thirty five.
0: She, she was fifty. <laughs> so she was.
1: She, it's like.
0: 35-year-old playing 135-year-old. Like I- <laughs> yeah. She's a wizard. <laughs> uh, I actually, wizard. I also had Cameron Monaghan written down for my stew. Um, but just for the sake of discussion, I, I also had um, Ethan Kukowski, who plays his younger brother in Shameless. And so I, I was trying to go back and forth. I think, so like Carl is obviously a much goofier character. Um, I, I Cameron Monaghan's great, so I think he could do anything. But I've never really seen him be like goofy like stew was. Uh, so I, I think both of them would be really interesting choices. I think Cameron Monahan's great, but I think even Kikowski could could pull this role yeah, off as yeah, well. I could see it. Derek, who's your Casey?
1: Let's see. My Casey was an actress who is becoming a bigger actress. And I, I maybe not on the level of Drew Barrymore at this point, but uh, she has been in horror movies recently. And, and one specifically, she she was very, very good in. And uh, I just figure if she's in the beginning, people start to know who she is and she dies right away. You're like, oh shit. And that is Florence Pugh. Yeah, she's excellent in Midsummer. That's the movie that I really know her from. And she was so good in it all the way through. But it'd be kind of shocking for her to be in the movie. And then she dies off and you're like, oh, look, what's happening now? Like nobody's safe. So that's who I went with. All right, Anthony. Yeah, get- uh,
0: yeah. so I, I had the, the kind of logic of who would be, who could you advertise for a horror movie? And people would be excited to see this actress uh, as a main character. And then also people would be very disappointed when she dies because she's pretty she's very likable um and I think someone who's mentioned in our recasting recently but Anya Taylor-Joy yeah I think great for this she's done horror before she's she has star power so Um, so one of the great things to me about that choice is the beginning phone call one movie that we have not mentioned that is a huge influence on that scene is when a stranger calls and that's like oh the calls are coming from inside the house That's sort mm -hmm. of Carol Kane is the lead actress in that and Anya Taylor-Joy might be the only actress with eyes the size of Carol Kane's eyes.
1: Yeah. Gollum eyes.
0: I mean, I've never seen yeah. that one. I actually, I put that on my list. Yeah. G,
1: G actually mentioned her during the recasting. And I said, I don't want to use her because I think she's, it, it was for a different role. I go, she's too big for that role. Mm-hmm. It, not, not for Casey, for somebody else. And then I go, and also Rick just used her. So I don't want to use her. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, definitely thought of her.
0: So let's go to, uh, let's go to Dewey. Anthony, who do you got? Yeah, so I have a a name that was already thrown out for Dewey. I have Will Poulter. Uh, Dewey is kind of goofy in in the background, similar to Stu. I think Will Poulter brings that. I do think he looks a little bit older than the main cast, which is
1: fine because Dewey is is supposed to be a little bit older than everyone else. And that only happened in the last few years, too. Will Poulter looked young for a long time. And then Mm -hmm. the last couple of years, like all of a sudden his face started to change. And I'm like, ah, damn it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think he he can look like a young cop pretty easily. I, I think he's a perfect, perfect Dewey. He goes well with my, my Tatum and also my
1: Gale,
0: I think so. All right. Derek, what do you have for doing?
1: So if if this was something where like we could just do any age, I would have went with Steve Zahn um, <laughs> because he's so like unbelievably goofy and just has that like sort of like naive thing about him. But I went with Josh Hutcherson for this one. And I think he's a little I mean, the, the problem that I have with it is that he's a little bit short. And that's fine. Like, who cares? But we were talking about like he, he's going to look a lot shorter than everybody else in the role. But again, I don't care. He looks like he's out of high school. I could picture him as a cop. And also, I wanted to make sure that he matched well with my older Gale. And I liked who I picked for Gale for for Josh Hutcherson. So um, I had Josh Hutcherson like with a beard. He looks a little bit older. Um, maybe not as goofy as the Dewey played here, but I, I sort of saw it in my brain. So that's what I went with.
0: All right. I actually I had a last minute change for my Dewey. Is a guy came to mind that I thought would be very good in it. I think he's a very likable guy, uh, and it's John Boyega.
1: I actually thought of him for this movie. I didn't yeah. know for which role, but I thought of him.
0: Yeah, I think he could. He kind of does. I mean, he could. Br- he does kind of bring a similar energy in some of those Star Wars movies. Just a very likable guy that could definitely do that. And uh, yeah, John Boyega, I like him. I do. I, I, lo- cool. I love him as an actor. I think he looks too competent to be Dewey. I think if I look at him I think yeah. like I expect him to like know how to do his job. When I look at Will Poulter I don't expect him to know how to do his job. Have you seen Will yeah. Poulter recently? Uh yeah I did actually. He he looks much different in uh yeah. in, in Dope Sick. But he, I know he can play that sort of incompetent type. See, I'm thinking like the the scene in Force Awakens where Finn and Poe were like going back and forth like oh I don't know how to drive this thing. Like ah, 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 that sort of
1: energy. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you'd expect that, like, you know, actors in Hollywood, whatever, like, they want to do different things, right? So I feel like Boyega could, could could play that, like, really naive, goofy guy, and I feel like I feel like I could buy it, so I'd like to see it.
0: All yeah. right, Anthony, who's your Gail? I have Natalia Dyer for Gail, who plays the um, older sister in Stranger Things. I pull a lot from Stranger Things for my casting, I think. Yeah. Was, yeah. Um, she, she played, like, a, you know, young reporter in, in one of the more recent seasons. I think she can turn on that sort of um uh she's like very charming but can also be unlikable if needed like like Gail comes off. Um she she can have that air about her where she is like smarter than everyone else in the room. Um I think she's 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 my Gail. I think she goes well with with the uh, with Will Palter's as Dewey as well. I think they play off each other really nicely. She I mean I she almost reads like too, a little too young for how I see Gail. Mm-hmm. But I, I like her as an actress, definitely. Derek, what do you have for Gail?
1: I went with Kristen Bell. Uh, I see her. I see her as a bitch. I see her as that role perfectly. She has the, the right look for it in my eyes. I mean, I'm not like you know specifically looking for a Courtney Cox type face, but she just you know came to mind. And I, I, I don't know what it is, but I liked in my brain Josh Hutcherson definitely looking younger than she is. But I just like the fact that it's like the the younger cop and the older. Reporter hooking up and like you know being a team and I just I saw it happening and I, I like the chemistry in my head so that's what I went with. All
0: right, my gail I went with Elizabeth Olsen. I think she can play a great, uh, great bitch for lack of a better word, and uh, I think she tends to be. I think people want to like her, and I think people want to like Courtney Cox, especially in the mid nineties. <laughs> So it would be a, a a nice little, nice little flip there. So let's go to Billy Anthony. Who do you have? Yeah, I think Elizabeth Olsen's a good one for Billy. I went with another Stranger Things alum, which is Dacre Montgomery. Yeah, um, who uh, spoiler alert died in the most recent season of, of Stranger Things. I mean, no. Jason, uh, I played Jason I, in the Power Rangers movie. Um, like Google a picture of him, and he's j- he is just born to be like eighties, nineties bad boy, have a leather jacket be very good looking and
1: be a bad decision for women. Um,
0: So Derek, who do you have for your Billy?
1: Now I want you to picture this. Mm -hmm. I, again, I'm not a huge fan of the show he's known for, but as he's gotten older, he's starting to look like that, like handsome early mid twenties guy, who I think would be a real shock to play a role like this. So I want you to imagine this, maybe even look it up on Google images, Chandler Riggs, who was in the walking dead. He has a face now that's starting to look like a little devil may care face, and I think that's what really worked for um, Skeet. If you guys have seen um, the craft, Skeet Ulrich is in that with Nev Campbell. They're both in that, and and and, and he looks kind of like he's starting to develop. Because again, Skeet Ulrich looks like Johnny Depp. He really does. And he sat and had that like devil may care look. And uh, I was looking through pictures and I saw Chandler Riggs now. And I said, Whoa, he's in a look a little bit different. He's not like somebody who could take on serious roles. And I also want to believe that you people watching the movie of the new scream that I'm inventing, people are naive and think that Billy, okay, maybe Billy isn't the killer. Cause it's kind of too obvious. And I kind of like Chandler Riggs being that, like, I'm kind of innocent, but I'm kind of handsome too. And then at the end he's the fucking psychotic killer along with my, Along with Cameron Monaghan, I kind of like the the difference. Um, I didn't want to go with just like some obvious choice. I went way outside of the box here, and, and in my head, giving actors chance chances to change their careers up a little bit. So that's why I went with him.
0: So I'm gonna continue the uh, the Stranger Things wave, I guess, uh, in this recasting and go with Joe Keery as Billy. I think the same sort of like. Is he terrible? Is he a good guy? Uh, dynamic of the first season of Stranger Things, we know it can work with him, and in this one, it's the opposite answer. If it ended up being in the end of Stranger Things, so going with Joe Keery for that one. Yeah, I, I had him as as a potential stew, just because I do. I think he's like a little he 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 plays. I think he's a little too fun as a, as like a goofier character. Um, but yeah, I think he's I think he's good. I'd like to see him do some other stuff. So all right. So let's get to Sydney, Anthony. Yeah, my Sydney Sydney is Caitlin Dever, who uh, we mentioned Will Poulter in in that uh, miniseries Dope Sick right now. Caitlin Dever is also in that. Um, She's been in Booksmart. Um, She's a fantastic actress. Everything I've seen seen her in, I'm always like very, very impressed. I think she has uh, a similar look as as Nev Campbell, a kind of uh, like girl next door, alternative type, not like very different than my, my Tatum, which is Sydney s- Sweeney. So I think they have a s- similar um, chemistry as like Nev Campbell and Rose McGowan did. Um, yeah. She's fantastic. If you don't know Caitlin Dever, I highly recommend seeking her out. All right, Derek, what do you
1: have for, uh, for Sydney? I went with another act, another actor, actress, who is not typically known for, for more serious roles. She's known for more specific things and again, I'm, I'm, this is the, the, the recasting where I want to give actors a chance to show their stuff. And I think this actress grew, grew up to be beautiful, absolutely beautiful, knockout gorgeous. And she's, um, she's talented. She's very, very talented and, and knows her stuff. And that is Amanda Cosgrove, somebody who, um, Miranda Cosgrove. What did I write? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Miranda. I wrote Amanda by accident. Miranda Cosgrove. I, uh, again, i she, i she's in that show iCarly never really watched it all that much Remembered her as a little girl from school of rock but now the way she looks and the way she is i could just picture her being like the star of the movie changing her career up a little bit and starting to show people what she can do as an actress um so again my my choice is a little bit a little bit odd a little bit different but i think scream as well is a little bit of an oddball so i think that uh, the choices that i made are um show that like let's see what happens with this interesting cast type thing. So I went, I went outside the box here.
0: I I think it's an interesting pick. I'd be, I'd be curious to see what she's like in in a different role. Um, Yeah. So I, uh, it's, these types of roles are kind of tough to, to cast. Uh, So what I looked for is somebody who's kind of in the same position in her career that Nev Campbell was at the time. There's not a ton of shows like party of five right now that sort of like they're sort of like teenage shows. I went with an actress on Riverdale, Lily Reinhardt. I've used her in one episode before, but she does, you know, in that show, she does horror movie tropes a lot. I think she'd be very good in it. She's a great actress. I think it works for me. Yeah. That's a good one. I, I, th- I think there's a lot of, I don't know, there, I, I, had a, I had a fun time recasting. I think there were like a lot of good roles and a lot of good young actors. So and many great right characters in this movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the thing too, is that like, a lot of these characters are like, they're stock characters, right? They're like, you know, like there's specific character types. So I feel like you don't need like tremendously amazing actors to play these roles. As long as the actors can like, well, I've done acting school. I know what this type of uh, character is like. I can pull it off. You know, I don't think that you need Academy Award winners to be in our new scream movies. You know what I mean. So that's what makes it more fun is to find like relatively unknown actors or actors who are still coming up in Hollywood. So,
0: all right. So, did you guys have any other miscellaneous stuff that we need to uh, talk about? This we haven't touched on yet. Um, I so just, uh, and I think this is maybe something you should consider for all future episodes with horror movies and miscellaneous. Is uh, what was your favorite death? I know Derek already Mm -hmm. said the garage. Mine was Stu getting crushed by the TV. What was your favorite death? Uh, I think I'm going to go with, uh, I think I'm going to go with Casey. Yeah. I thought, you know, it's just, it's, it's classic. You know, she's right there. She's like calling out to her, your parents. She's it's gory and it's suspenseful. It's everything you want in a horror movie death. Yeah. So Derek, do you have anything?
1: Um, Just, you know, the things I've already mentioned before, just like Wes Craven being super, Open with the, with the cast and he liked the, uh, the suggestions and ideas that they that they gave and stuff like that. And one funny thing was Skeet at the end of the movie while filming the last sequence, he basically went to Wes Craven and said, why are Jamie Kennedy and Matthew Willard being so crazy and over the top? And and Wes is like, well, you know, it's, it's it's it is like a half comedy. And Skeet had no idea. <laughs> He thought it was a straight up horror movie. And he was like, wait, what? And he's like, well, I'm glad you didn't know that. Because that's how I wanted Billy to be played is sort of that serious devil may care character. But the other guys are a little bit more whacked out. And that's what I wanted. So I thought that was a really funny thing where like actors are kind of like kept in the dark for various reasons. Kind of like in our last movie when we did The Shining where the kid didn't know it was a horror movie. He just thought he was making like a comedy or something like that. It's like it plays better maybe that way. But that's just a fun fact that I read.
0: I didn't know that. That's so true. Like only everything works around Billy because he's playing it so straight. Because he's playing fucking Dawson from Dawson's Creek, basically. (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk about the Oscars from this year. Uh, Oscars took place in 1997 for movies released in 1996. Uh, Scream, no nominations. There's a prejudice against horror movies in the Oscars, and I don't appreciate it. But let's talk about what they did nominate. So Best Picture uh, is won by The English Patient. (laughs) Other nominees are Fargo, Jerry Maguire, Secrets and Lies, and Shine. So I...
1: I don't think Scream used to be in there.
0: That's a a weird... That's a weird year. What were you saying, Derek? So so I've seen Fargo, which is great. I wouldn't, obviously wouldn't touch that. Um, And I've seen Jerry Maguire, which is like good, but... Is it is it best best movie of the year? Good people will swear by Jerry Maguire as an all time classic. I'm more where you are. It's a good movie. Yeah, I'm but, surprised I, I didn't realize that was nominated.
1: Yeah, but, I don't know. I just don't think Scream needs to be there. Like it's just I, I'm not going to sit there and compare Scream to The English Patient. That's just not really a thing. Okay,
0: I also I want to comment on the, the the Oscar bias against horrors and comedies. Really, yeah, which I think is so silly because. Yes, yeah. Uh, like yeah, a great drama is, is great and it's 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 not easy to make a movie, but just to evoke to it's so in my opinion, so much harder to really scare someone or really make someone laugh than it is to make someone feel sad. Yeah. Right? You can like make people feel sad by accident and people do that all the time. Right. And so this idea that like horror movies or comedies are lesser movies because they're not like serious dramas, I think is is just dumb. I would agree with that. I would say just based on, now I've not seen Shine, but I am ready to knock it out for Scream just based on the, uh, the description. It's a 1996 Australian biographical psychological drama based on the life of David Helfgott, a pianist who suffered a mental breakdown and spent years in institutions.
1: I would even suggest that, like, just based based off what you said, Anthony, like, I, I'm against putting comedies, horrors, and dramas all in the same category. I, I think they should maybe even get rid of, like, best picture and just be, like, best drama, best comedy, best horror. Because am I going to sit here and say that scream better than The English patient? I mean, I don't even want to think about that. It's something that I can't even compare. So maybe the best picture whole thing is just kind of like, it, again, because like I said, it, it, it is biased for dramas. It, it, it wants you to see that, you know, that type of thing, but... You know, it's like it is unfair to comedies and, and horrors. It is, it really is. But maybe there should just be separate categories, and maybe there shouldn't be one big one because who's to say? I don't know. I don't know. It just kind of it bothers so me. as maybe
0: well. maybe that's the case. But we're playing by the categories of the Oscars, and we have no such bias. So we can do whatever we want. So. I mean, of those movies you listed, I like. I like. I said I've seen Fargo and and Jerry Maguire, and Scream is so much better than Jerry Maguire, um, and I, I would say as good as Fargo. I, I love Fargo, and I, I think Scream is just right up there with it. Yeah, I I think it it should be nominated.
1: Well, it's two against one because I, I don't think so. I love Scream again. I, I'm not going to compare it to other dramas. I just think it's wrong to do that. But um, just if artistic. Reasons I just feel like a how am I supposed to you know which movie is better? They they both give me two different emotions. What, what emotion is better? I mean, but if you guys sure, both you think so, then the then same throw thing in.
0: about Fargo or Jerry Maguire versus the English Patient. Like, is the English Patient better at making you sad than Fargo is at making you laugh, or Jerry Maguire at making you cheer? Uh,
1: you know, maybe, maybe I just think that like. <sighs> you know if it, i mean again i think this was a weak year for movies as far well weak year for the oscars yeah, like those sure. those movies were, were kind of crappy but like if it was for me if it was like scream uh the godfather um you know gangs of new york lord of the rings how the fuck am i supposed to pick one out of that you know what i mean like that's not a thing you know for me like with with scream in there it's not fair cuz scream horror movies are just made differently so um but I, I do want Scream to get recognition. I just think maybe it should be a different genre. I mean, that's just what I think. But if it's two against one, yeah, throw Scream in there.
0: Well, of those <laughs> movies mentioned, obviously The Godfather would be last. Um, and
1: because a lot of people agree with you, Anthony, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. <laughs> uh, it Chapter One was your number eight. Let's let's go back to that, Anthony.
0: Yes, the expert on horror movies who doesn't like Halloween <laughs> or slasher movies. Yeah, I didn't say yeah. I didn't
1: like Halloween. I just think it. I just think it's been topped since. That's all. All right, (laughs) But I will say this. There's something that I was thinking about that you did say that's still on my nerves that I want to bring up about It Chapter Mm 1. And you had mentioned that it doesn't matter if the clown is scary to us. It only matters if the clown is scary to the kids. Mm -hmm. And that still bothers me to this day because I feel like the book was very meant to scare the audience. And the original It, which I know you haven't seen, it scared me as a kid. Mm -hmm. And then this one came along and it didn't scare me at all but it only scares the kids. I just feel like If you're going to make a horror movie based on a horror novel, it should scare you.
0: So I'm going to say the three most important. Yeah. The three most important words you said were as a kid.
1: Yeah. It scares me. It scares me. It scares me today. I still think it's a scary movie.
0: Well, we've had conversations off air just today (laughs) that maybe you're a bit more easily frightened of certain things than others.
1: What are you talking about?
0: What am I talking about?
1: I'm being dead serious. I don't remember what we talked because about.
0: Because you, you just said you were at Spooky World and you were screaming at the clowns.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm just saying, that again, bottom line is It Chapter One. It shouldn't have just been scary to the kids. Like, that clown makeup, the, the, the performance that he did was not scary to me. It could have been scary to other people. That's fine. But I just think that if you're going to make a horror movie based on a horror novel, it should be scary to the people watching the movie. Right, not just but if,
0: if, you, if you first saw the Tim Curry It when you were Thirty or twenty-nine or however old you are when it came out, maybe you'd feel a bit different about it. And I would bet that this version of it is scary to kids who are your, were your age when they came out, when the age you were when the Tim Curry version came out. I, yeah, so I think I, this is actually kind of interesting, and it, and it speaks to the ways that Derek and I watch horror movies, and it's very different. As Derek watches horror movies to be scared, mm-hmm. whereas I watch horror movies to. Uh, try to like experience the tension of the characters in the movie and like be entertained by that and feel that with them. So, so yeah, maybe some, sometimes a scary movie will, will scare me and I'll like be afraid when I'm going to bed that night. But what I watch our movies for is to, is to watch the main characters, the characters be really afraid and watch them experience that, and try to, like, experience that with them. So, like, because I'm, I'm rooting for those characters, I'm, I'm scared for them, because they're very scared. Which is why I like slasher movies, because, yeah, maybe, like, it's not very realistic to have Michael Myers chasing me around with, with a huge knife, but if I really like Laurie Strode, and I want her to survive, I'm feeling that tension every time she gets snuck up on.
1: Right, yeah, I understand where you're coming from. I'm, I definitely have a different different perspective on that. Like, I, I definitely like watch movies, and I just want to see great performances. I want the story to make sense to me. I don't necessarily go. And there's once in a great while, will I'll be like, I really want that character to succeed. But I'm also the type of guy where I, I sometimes I root for the villains because I like the way they're being portrayed in the movie and things like that. So. Uh, I totally get what you're saying. I actually have somebody who I know who is like, doesn't like the movie Pulp Fiction or anything that Tarantino makes because he's like, there's no characters that have good hearts. And I can't relate to them, he said. And I said, that's your opinion. I totally get it. I watch movies for the art. You know what I mean? And that's just different. You know Nobody's right or wrong. I think, think it's just a different perspective. Yeah,
0: but, um, I, 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 have, I think I have a similar gripe with, with Tarantino. I like a lot of Tarantino movies because there's a character I can really root against often. He's great at making a villain. But sometimes Mm -hmm. I do struggle to find like to love a Tarantino movie because I don't I don't love any of the characters. Right.
1: And the thing for me is like I I look at movies as a fantasy world, like I'm watching characters that I'm not going to relate to because I'm not I'm not these crazy characters that were written because usually like if there was a movie based on people that related to me, that just seems like my real life at that point. So I'm not trying to look for things that are like me. I want to see things that are outrageous. I want to see like Bill Cutting from Gangs of New York. I'm nothing like him. therefore. Sure, but, but
0: the, the, I, I feel like the reason, you know, when you say you can't relate, I feel like even if they're like bigger themes and the things are turned up to, they, they represent something for you, you know? It's like Billy in this movie is not just a guy who kills people. It's like somebody you love is lying to you. And that's what, like, that's how you experience it, not literally, you know.
1: Yeah, I guess, I guess. I, I see where you're coming from. I again, I just, I, I think I'm just, um, different. I'm I, again, I'm not saying you guys aren't doing this. I'm just saying that this is the most prominent to me is like the art form of the movie. Like, is it? have a special feel the, 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 the does everything make sense does the scenes feel good not necessarily like michael Coley owns an asshole i can't relate to him so fuck this movie that's not what i'm doing by any means yeah you know?
0: I, I think maybe i'm just i'm just looking for a more like immersive experience in a movie than than you are right like, I'm, right i no, totally like yeah yeah, it's an interesting way of thinking about it. Yeah,
1: and that's that's really cool because like, you know, I'm sure that if I grew up with Halloween, like if I, if, if I watched it as a child, I'd have a totally different perspective on it. And again, I think when you're younger, you're just so much more innocent and scared of things that it would have had a bigger effect on me. But I, I like the fact that we all have a different way of looking at it. Because it makes me now think, well, the next time I watch a movie, I'm going to literally watch as if I'm, what if Nev Campbell was me? And what if I was going through that? How would I feel? I like that. That's, that's, it's interesting. So maybe the next time I go through a movie, I'll also kind of like pick up on that.
0: Yeah, well, let's say for for the next Top 50, I will try to rewatch The Godfather with your mindset. As long as you try to rewatch It Chapter 1 with my mindset.
1: Again, and I will say this, and again, this is an unpopular opinion. I think Stranger Things is fine. It's not my thing. I I didn't even watch season three. I like it. I like it. It just doesn't really, I'm, I'm into more gritty things and more, you know, I like the funness of it. I like the Goonies. It's the new Goonies or whatever, but I didn't like that. It was translated into it. I wanted it to be, what the TV version was for me, and again, that's a specific feeling that I have. Not everybody has that feeling, um, and I'm also a Tim Curry mark to the end of to the end of days. So, um, yeah, I, I mean,
0: you're not going to hear any Tim Curry slander out of my mouth, right? I've been, right. Uh, I've never seen the miniseries, but and
1: and the thing is, with it, like I went into that movie being like, I have been waiting so long to be blown out of my shoes, and I probably shouldn't have gone into the movie thinking that because usually when you do, it disappoints you. <laughs>
0: Well, same. I, I watched The Godfather for the first time for that list. Like, I had it had just missed me, and so going into it, everyone in the world is like, "This is the greatest movie of all time," right, right. And right, so, if right. it doesn't deliver as the greatest movie of all time, it's like, well, I guess it
1: was good. But that's what that's what Halloween did to me. Everyone's like, "This yeah. is the one." My friend Brian, who was going to be on that episode, it's his favorite movie of all time, and I was like, "This is going to blow me out of the water," and it just mm-hmm. didn't because I've seen. Slashes since then that have done things better. Like, for instance, I think Scream is better than Halloween, but I get where Scream got its influences because it only makes sense. Anyways, Rick, go back to the office. I'm sorry for going on this no, it's
0: all right. tangent. It, need- it needed to be done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
0: That was best picture. Best director Anthony Minghella for Minghella for the English Patient. Joel Cohen for Fargo. Milos Forman for People versus Larry Flint. Uh, Mike Lee in Secrets and Lies and Scott Hicks in Shine. So basically the same as Best Picture, but they fucked over Cameron Crowe and gave it to Milos Forman. Hmm. So I kind of feel the same way. I think like you know, that negative review where we talked about is like you sure they weren't being positive? Like all the throwbacks and and like flourishes from other horror movies that are kind of adapted in this one. I think shows a very um, detailed hand and very skilled direction. If Wes Craven isn't nominated for best director, then you don't like scary movies. Like you just don't like horror movies. For, you know, like he, he yeah. has to be nominated in my opinion. Yeah. For Scream. And I mean, I, you know, there's probably a couple of other movies of his that we can, you know, we can look at in, in future episodes that, you know, this guy knows what he's doing and kind of got caught up in the horror genre I did try to make like one prestige movie once called The Music of the Heart which is straightforward and I wish it was a horror movie where people were ripping you know, each other's hearts out or something but no it's it's like a straightforward like a musical teacher drama uh, but yeah I, I think you know we kicked out uh, Shine in the last one I guess let's Sorry Secrets and Lies Keep Your Secrets, Tell Your Lies
1: There's a few movies a few that? movies that I'm I'm surprised that just didn't make any lists this year. Like uh, Primal Fear wasn't mentioned at all. Yeah, I haven't seen The Crucible, but I've always heard it was a had good performances at the very least. Uh, I know a version of Hamlet came out that year. Uh, Muppet mm-hmm. Treasure Island, but Tim Curry. I'm not really sure why any of those uh, Muppets weren't nominated for an yeah. award. Yeah. Kermit I mean, the Frog, this Ms- actor. Miss Piggy. Was, was, it the, was
0: it the next year that was huge? It was the next year Titanic and like, yeah, 97,
1: yeah, Good Will Hunting, and, Good Will yeah. Haunting, yep. Yeah. Jack with Robin Williams, 96. Uh, Mars Attack was obviously a flop, but a lot of fun performances. Crane spotting. <laughs> uh, actually, Romeo and Juliet. So Jamie Kennedy had a busy year. Good for Jamie. Yeah, that, it was, was like his-
0: Yeah, there are some other movies that were not really you know, nominated for much.
1: Cable Disney's Guy.
0: Hunch- Disney's Hunchback of Notre Dame is a weird fucking movie. That but- thing you do. Yeah,
1: Kingpin. G- okay, Jingle yeah. All the Way wasn't nominated. Oh, come on, Arnold. Come on. <laughs> Sinbad Indo- should have gotten Independence
0: Day, The Rock, Twister, Matilda. It's- this is actually a big year for like big fun '90s. Yeah, big f- exactly. Like, uh, yeah, James
1: and the Giant Peach. Yeah, hmm.
0: big fun '90s movies kind of dominated this year. I remember Star Trek, I saw- First Contact.
1: I saw James and the Giant Peach the night in '96 when it came out at the at the theater with my class. We went on a field trip, and somebody gave me pop rocks for the first time, and I thought I needed to go to the hospital because I didn't know they were going to explode in my mouth like that. So that movie was an odd experience for me. (laughs) I guess I
0: I think you mentioned Matilda. I think Danny DeVito deserves some recognition from Matilda. He he directed, starred, and narrated. Narrated, I'm not sure, like, give him some sort of honorary Oscar just for that kind of achievement, just general (laughs)
1: achievement in movies. Guy who did the most in a movie, Danny DeVito, '96.
0: (laughs) the Orson Wells Award. Um yeah. so actor. So is the really it's not really the best actor. No, no lead actor. Uh leading actress. I mean I guess we we'll look at neff Campbell. Uh, she, was, won... she, she
1: was she was servable. You know, she did her service. Yeah, she did I, a good job, I'm but... not gonna
0: make a strong case here, but
1: yeah.
0: uh it's won by Francis McDormand, the great Francis McDormand. Oh, yeah. For Fargo. Can't
1: that.
0: yeah. Uh Brenda Belythan for Secrets and Lies. Diane Keaton for Marvin's Room Kristen Scott Thomas for the English patient and Emily Watson in Breaking the Waves. I'm not gonna, i not gonna. Do you,
1: you guys notice that uh, Linda Blair was one of the camera people or the yes. people on Scream? Yeah, that was, we, uh, we, yeah. Were, we were watching it and she was, like, was that Linda Blair? I'm like, I think it was. And it was like really, really quick. A yeah, lot of callbacks.
0: Yeah, literally Dewey's like, you're gonna stay out of here. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. She's <laughs> like, he deserved to know.
1: Right, yeah.
0: So, supporting actor, who do you wanna, who do we wanna consider? Uh... I don't think there really is one. No, I mean, I guess it would be like like Dewey. Well, I, yeah. I think Billy is too much of a main character to, so we wouldn't make a case for Matthew
1: Lillard. I, I, I was going to mention Matthew Lillard, but I feel like a lot of people would be like, "What are you crazy?" But like, I don't know. And I I think I think to
0: hear him. what yeah what, who what were some of the awards? So Cuba Gooding Jr. wins supporting actor for Jerry Maguire. Show show yeah. him the money. Show him the Oscar. Yeah. Uh, William H. Macy for Fargo Armin Mueller for Stahl or, uh, excuse me, Armin Mueller Stahl for Shine, Ed Norton in Primal Fear and James Woods for Ghosts of Mississippi
1: Okay, so there is a Ed Norton mentioned in there for Primal yeah, Fear good, he, good. Gets the, he gets the That was like his first movie ever <laughs> That was his,
0: Yeah, that was definitely his major breakout it Sounds like a weirdly very strong year for this category It is uh, James Woods is a great actor, but I almost hate him so much on a personal level Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. Yeah. There's a reason he's not been in recent fa- seasons of Family Guy. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do
1: you remember the joke in that when Peter takes his identity and Peter is now James Woods and he's yeah. just on Letterman and he's like, yeah, I made a new a new movie. It's called September 11th, 2000 Fun. <laughs> 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 it was one of the darkest jokes they've ever done on the show. James Woods is watching it on TV and he's like, no, he ruined my career. <laughs>
0: So anyone want to make a case for anyone in the movie for a supporting actor?
1: I don't, not, not for me, I guess.
0: Uh, Anyone want to consider for supporting actress? Uh, I think Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore over Courtney Cox. Yeah. Okay.
1: Ah, man. But now, now, now is there a specific time? Like I know Drew Barrymore was in it for like, what, 15 minutes, maybe?
0: No, there's no. It's just there's nothing. Okay, it's a feel. Well, Viola Davis won for like a like two minute scene, didn't she? Yeah. In doubt. Yeah. Doubt, yeah. Wow. So yeah, there have um, been. Yeah, it's
1: uh, it's up to you, Rick, because I think I, I'm I'm sort of no with Drew Barrymore. I think she's great, but I, I don't know what like if it's enough for me. So yeah, it's your I, I call actually, I don't
0: really know any of these performances for best supporting actress. So there's like nothing to base uh, it on. You know, yeah. Yeah. N- we just be going. Like, yeah, she's good. Put her in. So I, I don't know. We can, we can revisit it at some point. Yeah. So yeah, those are the Oscars. Now we come to the most important part of the show. And that is when Derek, we put 30 seconds of the clock for Derek. Tell us why this movie is the greatest of all time. Derek, are you ready? Let's
1: do it. Three, two, one, go. I hate everybody on the planet. And I just want everyone to know that if you haven't seen Scream, you're I, I, this is one of the movies where you, if you haven't seen it, like, where have you been this whole time? It's like so fun. It's so good for its time. The acting's good. It's funny. Everything. Go see it. Like, stop being stupid. Stop being a little baby. Like, go see it. If you're watching, if you're listening to this right now, like, shut up. Just shut your mouth. Don't even watch the show anymore. I don't even, I don't even want you as fans.
0: Well, that's time. That was that was aggressive. I mean, if that
1: doesn't convince you, I don't know what will.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, uh, I think think he wants you to watch it i believe he most, mostly just it's, it's,
1: reverse, it's reverse psychology i want them to watch huh. i want them to, to do see this
0: is why i'm everyone's favorite co-host
1: yeah that, that's been said multiple times by and nobody it's, true. it's by more zero true people. every time it's said i don't know man i think i think i've won the last like three recastings just by popular vote out of the five votes we've gotten
0: no i don't know about <laughs> that i think i think i think i didn't make a recount
1: all right. Find me, Anthony, find me 5,000
0: uh, votes in Florida.
1: I, I won the Electoral College, I think, for the last three recasts. <laughs> it's the only way you win, is
0: the Electoral College. <laughs> the only the only you.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Got to win somehow.
0: All right. So that's uh, been our episode on Scream. I have left my notes downstairs. So Derek can tell us what the next episodes are going to be coming up.
1: Well, we're going to talk food about food first. Of course, food. Yeah, what are you eating? I want to know what Anthony wants to eat during screen. That's what I want I, to know. I think it's got to
0: be something very '90s, uh, like gushers. Oh, um, like gushers yes, pop
1: tarts. I think. Oh god, uh, gushers. I want to- wildberry
0: uh, oh, pop tarts and gushers.
1: <laughs> and, and what Jamie Kennedy is to me, and that is just straight up Fruitopia. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was gonna say. I was gonna say uh, Ecto Cooler. high see Ecto Cooler. Oh just yeah, complete
1: the '90s. Fruit by the foot. I'm doing. Yeah. I'm doing. Uh, what's, what's the other one? It's like not fruit by the foot, not gushers. Roll it's like ups, fruit, roll ups. fruit fruit roll-ups. Yeah. Like the, like the, all the fruity ones. You guys remember the gummy sharks? Yes. Oh sure. my God. I want to go, you know what? After this, I'm going right to the market basket. I'm getting 10 boxes of those. Um, yeah, I think, uh, what else? What else is very nineties besides those specific Twist. Remember the mm. Twister drinks? Yeah. Remember, remember, uh, Snapple Elements? Squeeze it. Ooh, what are those squeeze um those squeeze boxes like? They had like the red ones and the yellow ones that would juice Mondos. <laughs> Remember those Mondos? I, no, no. <laughs> the, Mondos uh, escaped our childhood, I guess. Uh, I guess uh, those are different. Those are different side of sagas. Kid cuisine.
0: Kid cuisine. <laughs> mm. The, the, the ni- This is exactly what we're all eating in 1996.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I'm probably ordering pizza from like Pizza Hut. Rick's I favorite mean, pizza place. Ugh, disgusting. Now everyone
0: everyone understands why I said we have no business talking about fat shaming uh, earlier in the episode. You know
1: what, Rick? Rick, I think for one of our episodes, just for the hell of it, just so we can actually do this, because I'm not convinced that Domino's is better than Pizza Hut. So I want to do – at some point, let's just – let's get it done. Even if it's during an episode, I'm going to go and get pizza from Pizza Hut and Domino's, a small, and we're going to have this discussion because I don't believe you that Domino's is not the worst pizza fucking chain in the planet. You
0: don't have to believe me for me to be right. Okay, that's good enough Domino's for me. <laughs> I'm a Domino's guy for what it's worth. Uh, Domino's Dom- pizza. See, I'm and listen. I'm not saying I'd get Domino's over like a high end pizza place, right? I'm not saying it's particularly good pizza. I'm just saying, compared to pizza, it. Well,
1: I have. I haven't had pizza in years, so I don't even know what it tastes like anymore.
0: It tastes like pure shit.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, have you ever eaten uh, like trash? Yeah, <laughs> it tastes like that. I'm like, well, m- most of the week. Well. <laughs> All right. Well, I still think, I think Papa Gino is still the number one pizza chain. I mean, it's like Papa
0: a Gino. local. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is the first national pizza chains go. Like, I mean, Papa John's, no way. Get out of my face.
1: Right. I've never had it, but I just know the guy who used to run it. It's a psychopath. Yes. yes better ingredients, is. better pizza. Go fuck yourself. None of
0: those things are true. Same ingredients, worse pizza. <laughs> price is the same.
1: <laughs> Worst pizza. Kill yourself. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to be doing the next few films. Take us through hear. November. I shall. All right. So November 4th, that's the next one we're doing, is a movie that I chose that I'm really excited about, and that is No Country for Old Men. I'm pumped about that one. The Week After is a movie that Rick and I, I believe, have not seen, and, and I might be wrong about that, Rick, uh, Drive. I have not seen it. Me neither. Okay, so that should be fun for us. Uh, the week after, November 18th, is going to be a book, uh, uh, a movie that I recommended that I saw recently that I adored, and that is Green Book, big Oscar movie. And then the end of November is one that will be visited by your wife, Jen, is coming back for the third time, I believe, for Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stones. We're finally jumping into Harry Potter, so that should be fun to watch those awkward kids do wizard things.
0: Yeah, huge November coming up on some big big things some excellent episodes in the future so yeah can't wait for that anthony i want to thank you so much for being on the show yeah th- actually if i could have a second to, to plug something yes um i would like to plug a little movie called the lion king it is one yes. of disney's finest one of the best uh, most prolific production studios in the world it'll make you laugh it'll make you cry anyone with a free ninety sing. minutes anyone with a 90 minutes can sit down and enjoy the lion king Uh, It is a classic hero's journey. It does not get much better than that. Highly recommend The Lion King if you have not seen it.
1: And if you love originality, it has nothing to do with Hamlet, so don't worry about it. Never heard of it. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, well, I just want to plug a great movie that was severely underrated by both of you, and that is Casablanca. Uh, Widely considered to be one of the greatest movies of all time, one of the peaks of the art form. And uh, you guys severely underrated it, and it really offended me. You're both wrong. I'm right. Keep watching, everyone.
1: And I just want to mention Oliver. Oliver. (laughs) (laughs) The Oliver delegation
0: demands (laughs) demands the floor. (laughs) Consider yourself. Consider this episode done.